you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Welcome to the sideline. Sideline talk. It's your boy out sitting the place to be. Texans 42-36. Colts beat the Bengals 31-27. Falcons beat the Vikings 40-23. Wow. Broncos beat the Patriots 18-12. Giants lose. I'm sorry. Washington football team lose to the Giants 20-19. Steelers beat the Browns 38-7. Bears beat the Panthers 23-16. Lions defeat the Jags 34-16. Dolphins shut out the Jets. 24-0. Buccaneers destroyed the Packers. 38-10. In the nightcap, 49ers beat the Rams. 24-16. And the Ravens beats the Eagles. 30-28. That's where we're going to start, fellas. 30-28 winner. Mm. He's like Branch with that hat on that bed right there. Mm-mm. like... He like Mike Branch when I glass table. I don't know what it was. Don't give him the Mike Branch label, dude. Yeah, it messed me up this time. I had to look twice. Yo, yeah, let y'all go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna defer to y'all because you say. You say thirty to twenty-eight winners. I say thirty to twenty-eight. Survivors. In my opinion, this game epitomizes the season so far. Hmm. Sometimes we look good, sometimes we look bad. And 
but they have been able to get it done in the clutch, and they were able to shut it down right when they needed to, sh- to shut it down. Not on a touchdown, but on a two-point conversion. So, in my opinion, the bottom line, the good, the bad, the ugly, the good, pass rush. Calais Campbell, I got to say the great. Great was Calais Campbell. He looked unstoppable out there. Double teams, you can't you can't play him one on one. When we look at this all twenty two, whatever we do, and you look at Calais Campbell and that hump move he did inside, and you watch that offensive guard who wow. over three hundred pounds go flying for <laughs> 10, 12 yards, bro. You want to know about strength? That's strength, bro. So that was the great. The good, the rest of the pass rushes. I'll say 98% of it, the rest of them. Uh, the, the bad. The bad was Lamar. Mm. Um, to me, I just don't think it's a pass and Lamar's just not there. I don't know if it's not, no preseason. I don't know what it is. But to me, it's just, it's not there for me. The ugly is going to John Harbaugh. But not being able to control your team's emotions and being able to maintain a dominant lead that you've had for three three and a quarter quarters. So, that's pretty much it. Hmm. Her video off all glow. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm a little bit more optimistic than, than most. Um, and... Lamar hasn't looked good in about three weeks. The last three weeks, he's been he's been an average. I'll put it at average. Um, but I think the good, like you said, was Calais and his pass rush, or as my my niece calls him, Colossus Calais Campbell. That's pretty dope. <laughs> um, he was like that 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 or the the hump move, as um, Coach Tay said. It was ridiculous. Um, him sacking Carson Wentz and two of Carson Wentz blockers, one of them being all pro center, uh, Kelsey. <laughs> like, that's just ridiculous. You, you put all three of them down. Like, I couldn't, I had to wait for his lineman to move off of Carson Wentz to find out who had to sack. Because <laughs> he bought two of them off. Um, the bad, I'm, I'm going to just say execution. Um, there were certain plays that we left out there on the field, um, offensively and defensively. Um, ugly was the, the officiating. Um, not necessarily bad officiating, but we allowed the officials to control the game that we had a 17 nothing lead on. And that pass interference call late. Say, say, that, say that last thing again. We allowed the officials to control a game late or to affect the game late that we had a 17 nothing lead on at the half. Meaning those the call, the call with Marcus Peters down there, whether it's BS or not, if we continue to dominate how we dominate, it has no bearing or no effect on them in their comeback effort. I'm gonna disagree with that, but I will go. I'll let her go ahead. I'm done. Yeah, I'm not. I ain't gonna point to the officials. So they got a job to do. 
think the Ravens are making it easy for you making it easy for the officials when you continue to line up wrong. Like you continue like I've never well it's been a while. It's probably the first time since Lamar Jackson's been the quarterback when we've seen so many penalties on the offensive line. And this is the same stuff. It had to be like at least four illegal formations. At least three uh, holding penalties. Like, it was just, like, that's bad that you can't line up right and you're holding. And then on top of it, in the ring game, you can't even open up holes. Like, I seen something, I forgot where I seen it this morning, but the Ravens running backs had 25 carries. I forgot how many yards it was, but it was like 2.5 yards a carry. Lamar had the nine carries for 100 yards. You might say seven carries for over 100 yards because two of them, two of the nine was nail downs. So outside of the quarterback, the running backs ain't do nothing. And that's to the offensive line. So, like, that was the super ugly for me. Super ugly. Like, I don't even trip off the... I should say that is the ugly. The bad was the um, the timing and the miscommunication between the quarterback and the receivers, um, the route combinations. All of that rolls into the bad for me. The good, the Ravens win. The excellent, I should say, is... Ravens are five and one, and there isn't a team in NFL looks like they're going to run away and win the Super Bowl this year. That's the excellent. Everybody looks beatable in each week. <laughs> that's how. I, that's excellent for me. John, help yourself. We need another life. You look like ten years. Damn. That's all, I, that's all I got for now. That's all I got. That's what y'all going to deal with. That's what it is. Damn Everybody did that good, bad, not lose already? Yes, sir. Yeah, help yourself. All right. Well, I'm going I'm to piggyback off of you when it comes to the line of ugly. I was re-watching the game because I recorded it. And it was, there was a lot of one-on-ones being lost. Like I say, 80% was blocked perfectly, but that one person didn't meet the whole – he lost the battle. Or swim move or two – bad technique. We talk a lot about flips and buys. he is the starter. You see the flashes. I mean, he had good uh, one-on-one matches with, with uh, Fletcher Cox at times, but it was at times where he still don't know how to pull perfectly down that line of scrimmage. Uh, he get bull rushed at times with bad technique, but you see he can hold his own at times. Um, him being a pup and a, a rookie, um, not meeting the spot, he's not He's not hitting um, the blocks like he did last year. Um, Boyle got abused um, in a lot of situations. You see where uh, Philly wide nine technique was uh, causing problems to the point where there wasn't a lot of scrimmage. So they was trying to get a better leverage instead of, you know, like I, like we talked about last, um, what was it, Thursday with the All-22 where I felt like Lando Brown and Thaley was sometimes being lazy with their kick steps. And it showed. So now, instead of them being 
regular down here with a with a head to the line of scrimmage. They sitting upright and trying to get their that extra leverage to kick out and stands and it, it messed up a couple plays. Um, I would say the bad for me would be the adjustments with the secondary and them being times giving up big plays. They felt like they had the game in the bag and they were just like, all right, we just going to do a couple things. We getting there at home all day. They going to get about 12 sacks. So we just going to let see what happened. And it did because they kept fighting. I mean, you give up pretty much five total big plays of 20 plus yards, four earned with the Jalen Hurst 20 yards, Miles Sanders 74 yards, High um, High Tower, whatever the fuck his name is, 50 yards, Winston 40 yards, and then you had the 49 yard pass in the first. I mean, you giving up big plays when the game should have been pretty much 34 or 37 to 10 at the most. Mm. Well, I mean, okay. I, and the good would, would be uh, I just the whole, I mean, defensive line, they came to play. I mean, um, Campbell, you know, you had flashes of of different stunts. Um, Jacob could have had two or three sacks. He should have. Um, he needed to still work on his stunts at times. It's just he out of place. But I, I, I enjoy watching the defensive line doing what they're supposed to do in a, in a banged-up Phillies offensive line. Um, so we can keep talking about anything else. Can I just say that I agree with everything every single person said, uh, with only with the exception of I ain't blaming the referees down the stretch because no, I wasn't blaming them down the stretch. I was just saying these calls down the stretch was ugly because they shouldn't have mattered. Right, I agree, but at the same time, I feel like Marcus Peters' coverage down the stretch was horrible. Like the one, I thought it was a picked off. Like that was weird. It should have been picked off. What are we? What are we doing? Are you get a swat? And then he gonna sit on the bench talking about they just throwing that bitch up. Yes, they are, and you can't defend it. That's that's the that's the horrible part. But I think John brought up an interesting point about teams using a wide nine. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. That double wide nine. That's what Kansas City Kansas City did it as well. And when they do that, they force Lamar to step up in a pocket to where we're weak. We're weak inside at, with Makari and Skura. But inside, so they're forcing him to step up. They, you're not going wide on him, and I think, I think that uh, Stanley and Brown has done a good job handling that wide nine, because what the wide nine does is gives um, defenders a two way go get to the quarterback, and they can't overset um, and 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 overkick step because you're giving the interior guys who's better and and better for the defenders and worse for the offense. A, a two-way go inside. So I understand kind of that aspect of it. Until we can shore up the interior part of this line, things aren't going to change from a pass protection standpoint and from a inside and outside zone standpoint. Their best, their best options right now is to run straight powers because when they run straight powers at people, it gives us a better chance of getting four to five a clip and getting on blocks and stuff like that, but you can't expect them to overpower. Fletcher Cox had a field day yesterday. A field day. And you can see how sweat, he was just in his zone. A lot of making it's just the fact that he, he was just on everything. You had a good play call where uh, you had a 
shooting for Dobbins, he was just in the backfield, up slot. Some some ends and some tackles don't do that. They don't stop and and, and rush and, and make that slot. Um, you get uh, what's what's the one guy's name? It's not it's not Fletcher Cox, but Bozeman was having a uh, Brandon Ingram, I mean, Brandon Graham. Uh, Brandon Graham. No, no, no. Brandon Graham was forcing a lot of stuff back inside on outside runs. But it was a uh, another D tackle where it was giving uh, Bozeman problems with spin move. I mean, um, and he, you know, he got to keep his head better leverage than that. Those are the plays that I'm talking about where ninety percent or eighty percent is blocked well, but then it's that one person who's messing up for the whole chemistry of the run game. Right, and that, and that's why I I say um, the loss of Yonda is incredible because. Like in Taewon, you spot on about how our guards being the weakest link. If you notice, the reason why Sweat was always in the backfield, whenever the Ravens run a play and the guards are pulling, all, especially with Phillips, all you gotta do is meet him there and collide him first. You hit him first, it's over. The play is dead. If you come around that edge and you sit there and wait, then it's over. Then you know Ravens find success. It just seems like everybody. Is attacking this year. Yeah. Everyone is like, you gotta give credit to the defense. You gotta like, you gotta punch first. That's that's what it seemed like. Everything is just attack first. Because Macari can't get their backside. No. Or Phillips. Or Phillips. Or Phillips. Or or Scar. They they get beat across that face so much because it, when you pull that down block. Has to has to get there, and when that down block does not get there, you get with you get smacked in the backfield, or you get penetration. Penetration will throw off a play. That's just as good. Like, and, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of that, especially the last right. three weeks. We wonder why it's not it's, the last three weeks. It's just Macari and them are not getting there, right. and, and I'm pretty sure they see it on film. But at this point, what can you do? And I think Roland posted something about the three things the Ravens need to do. And Wolford was one thing. Um, and Maybe. I think, yeah, if, if you could get a guy like Wolford and talk him into coming, man, you're going to have to make a move. Because right now, Phillips is not um, ready yet. He's better than Makari, which is saying something. And but, um, I don't know. And they also say how much better he is than Fluka. Right. And, like, I think me and John was talking about this in the summer. I was like, man, I don't like Fluke in the run game. Well, in pass protection. And and apparently he probably nowhere near athletic enough in the run game. Because we, we, it's like, like almost, I would say probably 30 to 40% of the time, the Ravens' run game has their guards pulling. Right. Whether he runs to that side or not. And I, I guess he just can't do it. Has and, Bredesen been active? Yeah, nah, Bredesen been active. He's been in on heavy situations uh, last week. Not yesterday. Well, I paid attention yesterday, but yesterday previous week active. he was in. In a couple unbalanced line looks and all of that. I'm just wondering, could he possibly be that worse than him? You you understand what I'm saying? Like, right. At this I, point. I think that's what, what they'll take a look at during the bye. Right. And the crazy thing is, even with all that being said, the Ravens' offense hurt themselves yesterday. Like, eat, like, think about it. 
you had you had uh all the penalties. One drive, we one drive, we took it all the way to the twenty and had four straight penalties to where it was first and thirty five. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you killing yourself that way. You had that, you had throws where Lamar missed wide open, like I think Mark Andrews was wide open and he threw it in the dirt, like being indecisive instead of just making a decision and throwing it there. He had the one to uh, Dobbins where he throwing Dobbins to catch and run. Dobbins want to stop. You had that issue. You had the miscommunication between him and Boykins. Boykins taking the go route. Lamar taking the comeback. You had the one where they ran like a little mini screen to uh, Dobbins. And Lamar threw it behind him, causing him to turn around and only get a one-yard game where it could have been 15 or more. Like, little things hurt them yesterday. Even how great offensive line played. Not to mention the one Lamar had when we were in field goal range, and it was third and seven, and he and tried he to scramble, wanted, and he took right, the sack. He said they just throw it away. <laughs> like, they killed themselves. Like, yo, like, y'all, like, as bad as the offensive line is in the interior, y'all showing y'all can still dominate. Yeah, and it was to, to um, point out what y'all talking about, too, the running backs didn't have a good vision today, too. It was the uh, with Gus Edwards scored on the touchdown where Dobbins could have scored before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, pool block, everybody sealed off, but instead of him bouncing it out and looking at the vision, he went straight ahead and just only got a yard or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was uh, another time where you know, the end of play twice. Ingram, the, the little fake hurry up and throw to Marquise Brown to a delayed dive and in- couldn't push off, and you can see his his tire busted right then and there, and he fell. So they came back to it and with the Dobbins, and he broke it for about 12. Mm-hmm. You see the inconsistency with the running backs and their visions. It was certain things that, you know, Gus Elk was dead, that he could have bounced out, or he could have just died. It was just like the offensive line bad. blocking perfectly, the running backs wasn't hit right. Running backs hit the right, offensive line fucked the, uh, the blocking scheme up. It was just like... Whole offense as a whole was just mm-hmm. to still get that field. Showed you if they actually put a good game together, for a lot of things. I still don't like the fact, like these route combinations where, like, like why why are you running all hitches on first down? Cam Cameron. Everyone is running like a like a three four yard hitch. Why? What is what does that do? <laughs> One thing that showed me is if you take shots, good things will happen. Yes, yeah. and it showed the Ravens in the same game against them. Like if they, when they was take when Philly took shots, good things happen to them, and we gotta take shots. Right, and we just help don't. Me, help me out though, because y'all gotta teach me. Maybe I was I was daydreaming looking at something. I don't believe Carson Wentz played well yesterday. But I'm seeing all of this rave review about Carson Wentz was excellent and he did all this and that. When I re- all I remember is Wentz running for his life, getting slapped around, incompletion, incompletion, and then the Ravens give up a big penalty to put him back in it. Yeah. You are not high, sir. Alright. All right. You are not high. Carson Wentz did not play well. All right. The pass in the end zone at the Fulgham Court should have been been picked off, been picked off, batted away at best, at worst. 
the the one that he threw up to um on a pass touchdown to Kroom, he was wide open. It was a blown coverage. Right. Well, we already discussed that about oh, yeah, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then you got um the pass and the first penalty. I just think that was just horrible coverage. It was just lazy. It was lazy coverage. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just the same old, same old. But when I think about the Ravens now, it's a it's a it's a good thing that they're five and one, but nothing is clean. Nothing is clean. Last year when and I'll start, everything was clean. Like the offense was clean. Defense clean when they won. Nothing is clean. Everything is scarred. Everything has an asterisk next to it. Yeah, we won, but the offense looks shitty. Yeah, we won, but the defense looks shitty. Now it is always some type of asterisk now. Like, oh the offense line is bad. Nothing is clicking on all cylinders. And until that's, that happens, you're not going. You're not going to be successful when it counts. With stuff like that happening, unless you fix it. Unless you <laughs> fix it, yes. Yeah. Thank, like I said, thankfully it's early. So. <laughs> oh, I had a question for you guys. We talked about last week. We talked about if the Ravens are just trying things out on certain teams or whatever, and the announcers kind of alluded to that. Um, I think it was uh, the Duvernay. First down play? No, no, no. The announcers. I forgot his name. Uh, was it Charles, Charles Davis? Davis. Charles Davis kind of alluded to that. Like, maybe they're just trying stuff out, trying to figure out who they are, since they didn't have a preseason game doing against some of these lesser teams. And I, I think it's I think it's something to that. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's something to that. I'm hoping there's something to it, because right now, if this is who they plan on being, we can just we can expect an early exit. You can just you can see it in, uh, in some formations that defense do respect when it comes to our speed. They, they don't they don't play press as much. Look at the Willie Sneed uh, reception. I mean, he was it was no press. There was nothing. He was like, oh, we in the, they in a spread formation. We got to watch out for this. But then go back to the bunch and go back to where Andrews and and uh, Brown on the same side and you run the hitches on top over it. And then it was a nine. Uh, it's just something stupid shit. <laughs> Hey, let the record show. That's Duvernay probably catching that Willie Sneed pass. He's probably gone. But since he was walking, he still find a way to not Willie Sneed. He picked up like thirty. Like, and he fumbled. Like, dang. Should have been more. And he fumbled. And he fumbled. Thank you, Al. Thank yeah, that was yeah. That was a good play, Jalen Mills. That was a hell of a play. It's, there's a, there's a little bit too many still uh, rollouts where. You have it's the same like Madden call. You call that that Madden PA rollout, and all you have three routes going to the same sideline. Ain't nothing going past the sticks, and it's all covered. I mean, after a while, you want to stop calling that shit and call something else. Preaching, especially when you ain't got no backside deep post going on to take a shot. Yeah. What you do? Like the whole purpose of doing that is to get the defense to roll with you, and then you hit backside deep. Pause. Yeah. But that's the whole purpose of doing that, and they don't have that in it. What they got? Like a a ten yard dig, a seven yard uh, out, and and a three yard drag. All no, no, no levels. No, <laughs> no. Tell you what, that sounds good, but even that's not right. It's a hitch. It ain't out. <laughs> it's a hitch. <laughs> that's what they scored on. They scored on a five yeah. yard hitch from Nick Boyd. I mean, why are we running all hitches? Like what a rollout. A five yard hitch from Nick Boyd, <laughs> and Ma made a good play. Mm. Well, 
Mm-hmm. All right, whatever. Whatever, man. It's just frustrating. That's all. Five and one. It's frustrating at five and one. And... I don't like the notion of saying that they're trying stuff for later because who's to say that you're going to be there later? Like, nothing is given. I'm quite sure Dak Prescott last play didn't think that that was Dak Prescott's last play. Nothing is given. So why are you holding anything? Mm. But, <laughs> but you see so much into that, into that what, can, what can lead to something great. You see the rollouts. What could lead to something great is leaving Willie Sneed bum ass on the sidelines and roll with your speed. That's what you have. <laughs> it don't matter, but that's the thing. It don't matter who's on the, on the field. You can have Sneed or DuVernay or substitute anybody. But if your play calling still calls for hitches, this shit don't mean nothing. Thank you. Use your speed. Julio, <laughs> I can have Julio, Antonio Brown, and whatever top 10, Kelsey, uh, if they all run fucking hitches, let me give you five yards. I'm going to jump that shit. I'm going to tackle you, and then you're going to thank you. Right. I hear you. Would you rather have Willie Sneed running a five-yard hitch or Julio Jones running a five-yard hitch? It don't matter. It do matter. Jones is coming. Is, is that yak is a huge difference. No, no, no. no. You can say yak, but he's not open. Is that keep running the same dumb play? Julio ain't never open. Right. Julio ain't open. Anybody in that ladder know who the fuck the ball going to. <laughs> what? Take him off that pedestal, man. Take the name out of it. It's just I watched yesterday. Ain't no pedestal. That pedestal don't exist. My thing is, how can you run all hitches against a defense when you know they got two guys spying your quarterback? Every time he roll out, there's two on him. And you want to send hitches? I've been saying. I've been saying the same thing for Greg Roman for the last two years. I've been saying the same thing for Greg Roman for the last two years. He stacks re- receivers in the same area. I've always said that. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I kind of think they're saving something too because That's the, worst the same mind, the same coordinator can come out and run these that little play action rollout these hitches, but and then. When you need a first down, you call a perfect play call to Devin DuVernay to pick up 15. They came from the same mind. Like, just okay. recognize the person that you can have a brain cramp. You can be above yourself from last year. All of this shit can be true. I don't believe that you're holding anything back because, like I said, tomorrow is not promised. They hold it back, bro. They got to be. I don't think they are. I think this is who they are, and they better figure out how to execute, how to execute this bullshit. Because that's all you got right now. <laughs> nah, they holding it back, yo. I'll well, say... I, I'm going with that going forward. They holding it back. But I I'll say this. Big games, that's all. I appreciate... I appreciate these conversations we have about the Ravens. And, and just about teams in general. Because I get tired... I tried to look at uh, ESPN this morning. And it's Rex Ryan. It's Ryan Clark. It's Dan Olafson. Guys who play the game, right? Mm-hmm. Guys who play and know the game. Right. And they saying, oh, they got to just turn Lamar loose, this and that, that, that. Like, bro, what are you watching? Why don't you educate the fans and the viewers of how the defenses are taking them out the game? That, taking his legs away. But you see, that, that, saying, that's the smart thing to do. Well, how you're saying it. But that's not the thing that's going to move the needle. For ESPN. What moves the needle for ESPN is Lamar Jackson being wide open. That's what moves the needle. Defense don't move the needle for them. 
film. You still got a big up. Like, it's like you picking the writers on the wall. You, it's like they purposely not mentioning how defenses are adjusting to the point where it's like if the Ravens fail and they don't make the playoffs again, then at that time it's like, well, all year long defenses have been doing this. Uh-huh. Why not educate the fans now? Right. Everyone can enjoy football a lot more better or a lot, uh, enjoy anything better when you know more about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just I just appreciate that we bring that that side of things when, to, the, to the viewers. That's I, I love that, that we do that and you guys have more experience and coaching experience over me as far as playing this actual football game. But I, I, I watch a lot. I learn a lot. But learning has never really moved the needle. ESPN is about moving needles. <laughs> well, learning has never moved the needle. They ain't been moving no needles, and then there's other platforms <laughs> that giving people what they want. So they gotta, they gotta think of something. All right, shop it or stop it. We'll make a statement. You agree with it? You shop it? Disagree? Stop. Oh boy. All right. You would move on from Sam Donald if you had the number one picks for the Jets. I'll shop that if I can get a second round, the second or third round pick for him in in trading. I'll, I'll move on from Sam Donald. But that's not the Jets' problem. It's not that problem. That's why I asked it like that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna shop it. I'm gonna shop it because I don't believe in Sam Donald. Okay. I never believed in him in college, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna find the typical. Oh, he he needs this. He needs that. He's not showing you anything that he can help you lead the team down the field and score. Okay. Only thing he got. He's still living off that USC versus Penn State game. Motherfucker still throw picks. He still overthrow people. He a gunslinger. He, he a white privileged gunslinger that everybody loves. That he's just he living off that college game. He ain't showing you shit. So oh y'all hate. niggas preaching a day. All y'all preaching a day. Send him down. He let him go to Carolina. 
then the, everybody that's on the roster now is hurt. Every receiver, even your first round pick in was the boy Mims. Yeah, yeah. He ain't playing snap yet. <laughs> Sam Donald got rely on Brashad Perryman. Brashad ain't there. No, he well he played yesterday. He did play yesterday. He came back yesterday. You know, right? so it's like, but Sam ain't like, there. <laughs> if you put Trevor Lawrence in that situation, you still behind the eight ball. So I don't know. I'm I, I'm stuck. The elephant in the room is Adam Gates. That's yeah, the huge elephant in the room. He is the GM. Because when Todd Bowles was there, like the Jets are not, the Jets were competitive when Todd Bowles was there. Because they were competitive because defensively they were competitive. Right, right now, defensively, what are they? What were they down? 20 something to nothing at halftime? They were 21 nothing when I turned the game off. Who was division foe? <laughs> come on, come on, man. You got all this. When you play your division two times a year, you should have – it should be closer than what it is. Right. And it, it's just not. Adam Gates is not the answer. I think that he's going to move on, though, because the GM, that's the guy that uh, – what's his name? Douglas, right? Joe Douglas. Yeah. Right. So, when he came – when he left here to go there, Sam Darnold was already on the roster, if I'm not mistaken, as well as Adam Gates. Mm-hmm. So he never got his crew in. So more likely he gonna get his guys in there. My question is, what's taking you so long? What do you need to see from Adam Gates to to, to, to warrant finally that he ain't already shown? But I think I think it's a thing where he trying to stockpile picks and clear up money mm-hmm. because you kept bringing in these old Ravens when he got there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just to just to waste time and lose. Here's the thing to me about Adam Gates. Peyton Manning gave him an extended stay in the league that Ryan Tannehill's success now should have definitely shrunken and how the Jets are playing now should have definitely got rid of. Because you got Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning is the all-time great. That's your claim to fame. You go to Miami, you get Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill look like some trash in Miami. He get over there to a real coach in Tennessee and they use him for what he is and he looks like a pro bowler this year. That should be enough damning evidence against Adam Gase. But not only that, where he is, everybody looks like trash in New York. Everybody. Even the GM for some of these picks. So everything around New York looks like trash. Everything that Adam Gase has touched. So that should definitely get rid of him. And unfortunately... That gets rid of Sam Darnold because you probably gonna have the number one pick, which is not even a question in my mind, Trevor Lawrence. And you can get something for a young quarterback. And you get Sam Darnold away from New York, I think he's I think he's better than what he's shown. I don't believe that he's a good or a great quarterback, but I believe he's better than what's shown. Let me ask y'all this before I do the next shot for the stop it. You look at every team that has success this year. Buffalo is whatever they are. Kansas City, Ravens, Pittsburgh, Titans, Buccaneers. Well, Buccaneers. Who else are division leaders? Chicago, I think. Even Chicago. Even Chicago. What do all them teams have in common on the offensive side of the ball? Tennessee, 
You should have come to see. Right. I thought you did. Already. They have a solid offensive line. Ron Tannehill went to a team with a solid offensive line. And they just can't get it. Like, and that's, it seemed like everybody forget that's the formula to success for any quarterback. Yeah. Even Matt Ryan is successful at putting up 40 some points because of that offensive line. Now, he's going to throw some bunch of, get the ball away a lot of times because that's just him. But ain't got nothing to do with the hope, you know what I mean? It's like, if the Jets keep getting rid of quarterbacks and not taking care of the main thing, I think they trying. With, I think they trying though. I think Makai Backton. I think Makai Backton is a step in the right direction as far as fixing yeah. that line. So, like, if I could trade him and get all right, I got this offensive line, that offensive line. If I got like a five year plan, three year plan in mind, I'm gonna take care of this first, and then go ahead by 2022, 20, 23, we're gonna be it. Man, I'm good. Don't have three years though. No, I ain't talking about Adam. I'm talking about the GM that just came in. Adam Gates gone. So fixing the co- fixing bringing in a new head coach, you would like to have him follow your five year plan? Is that how that works? Hell yeah. Okay. Well, I'm the GM. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that's how that works. Yeah, well, because you bring the coach you want and realize, hey, there's no pressure on you to win right away. We see that's the recipe for the disaster. You keep getting these, getting the black coaches to come in. For a year. And like, all right, turn this around. And then it don't work. All right, cool. Let's see, Frazier, you ain't really a coach in this league. You ain't head coach material. Go back to the defensive side of the ball. Unless you Marvin Lewis and you got some dirt on whatever. Right. whatever. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You ain't get no chances. Yeah. I agree. That Cincinnati Bengals owner must have been down there with uh, Epstein and them or something. And Mom Lewis. Who said Jeffrey? Yeah. He had to be. All right. The NFL coach of the year is in the NFC West. Shabbat Shabbat. The MVP's out there. Yeah, the MVP's out there. MVP is definitely out there. Um... Uh, I'm not. I'm gonna stop that. I'm gonna say the NFL Coach of the Year might be if if, if his continued success might be in the AFC West. Andy? No. Uh, John Gruden. If things start trend, keep trending the way it is for Oakland, they beat mm. the teams that they beat, then I think that'll be the NFL Coach of the Year. Wow. Okay. I can see that for sure. I can see I'll stop it and say the coach of the year is in the AFC South. Vrabel? Yep. Hmm. I can agree with that for right now. Wow. I'm going to stop it because my question. I think with your MVP comes your coach of the year. But I also think somebody that y'all didn't mention and was mentioned last year for some, and y'all didn't mention it this year, AFC North, Mike Tomlin is coaching his ass off.
So that's what it took for you, Al. What took for what? What happened? It took a Browns beating for you to give the Steelers their respect. I've been giving you their their respect all year. When are I not giving them respect? Every single last week you said they ain't playing nobody. They still ain't playing nobody. So when did I give them? When did I give them respect? Last week, last week you said when we was doing the picks, I was like Pittsburgh scary this and that. He was like, nah, they ain't playing nobody. They still haven't played anybody. I said this week they playing a four on one team. Like, all right, well maybe they said now they finally playing at least somebody. So they I still said they're not playing the nobody. It's gonna take three weeks for me to really <sighs> say Pittsburgh is, is like that. But I think in the next three, three weeks it's gonna show. But it took you more than three weeks. I said they for the next three weeks it's gonna show. I'm just projecting right now that Mike Tomlin it should be in that in that running. Hey. I guess the thing is, for me, it's a no-brainer. Like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a given. That's a given for me. I'm like, I think I'm their defense is on fire, and he's a defensive head coach, if I'm not mistaken. I said, no, I wouldn't say the defense on fire. I wouldn't say that at all. They the second. But, they might be the, the highest scoring or the, the lowest scoring defense. To me, that that, that equates. I don't, I don't go by yards. If you're giving a whole right. bunch of yards and you're giving up three points, I don't consider that the greatest. Or the greatest defense. I'll go by points. Right? Gotcha. So they are they came into this weekend second behind us, but we gave up twenty eight and they gave up seven. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. they might they might have overtook us as the number one defense. Score. Right. Gotcha. Okay. One reason I say that, like I don't think the defense is like balling balling per se, is because the same thing we complain about, or I should say we, the same thing y'all complain about, how the defense, all they do is blitz, and they can't get home with four guys, this and that. Pittsburgh blitz more than us. I don't like you separating yourself from the group. <laughs> no, I got to. I got to. I don't like you separating yourself from the group. This is a group John, project. How many, <laughs> how, how, have I, how many times have I ever complained about a four-man blitz? You haven't, but still, you ain't got to you ain't got separate no, yourself from the group. I've been consistently <laughs> saying y'all want a full man blitz, and you ain't got full man blitzing material on the team. So, I, like that's that's beating a dead horse. Oh, we, we should be blitzing. About, we should get home before. No, we ain't got the guys to get home before. I, we complain about the fact that we don't have full man rush uh, material on the team. That's the problem. That's the issue we complain about. If we had full man rush um, material on the team, then you wouldn't hit no issue for us. Gotcha. But Pittsburgh blitz faithfully. They do. Lord have mercy. They back I the was blitz nervous. Rack. I ain't gonna lie. I was nervous all year about playing Pittsburgh. But seeing that Devin Bush went down, like, all right, I'm good now. Because <clears throat> you, you ain't got Mark Byrne or Devin Bush. I'm good. Hmm. Take them two athletes out the middle. Yeah, I'm good. Hmm. We be all right now. Hmm. All right, this this will be the test. You got two weeks to play against your your, your division rival, the undefeated team that can come in with at least one loss, or at the most one loss. If you're holding something back, this, this is the game plan. They got next. got the um the the, the Titans. Okay, I knew it was gonna I hope that's on like Sunday night football or something. I think that's one o'clock. 
Alright, it's Pittsburgh. We better get that game. I'm messing around to be upset for not being able to watch this Baylor game. Everybody in their mama should be able to see that game. Alright, it's something I seen in the group earlier. Uh, It's a discussion. I think think it was Tavon who posted it. It was um, the whole... Oh, who was it? What's the boy name? Lawrence Taylor. Mm. He posted a clip about Lawrence Taylor, the greatest player, the number three greatest player. He thinks he's the greatest football player ever. Mm-hmm. Teach me. How can you determine who's the greatest football player ever? You can't. It's diff- different assignments, different positions, different roles, different teams, different eras. Like, it's so many different. Everything is just different. Right. So, like, why? So, if that's the case, why would you take offense when somebody don't agree with you? Who, who you say? You can't. Like he says, he's the greatest defensive player ever. That's fine. I didn't watch OT as much as I've watched Reggie White. Right. But if you're you asking me, I'm going Reggie White. <laughs> but, but even then, that's a better argument because you said defense. Right. <laughs> but you say you're the best player, period, in football? Like, wait a minute. Like, how can I, how can you determine that? Too many people. That's weird. Too many people will race to think that their opinion is fact. And they get upset when their opinion gets a uh, question. Right. Hmm. So I'm like, if that's the case, like, why? Like, no one should have a beef with me saying, like, an offensive lineman. Should be in the greatest of all time discussion, especially you. when you got the rings and like no one get by you. Like, yeah. why can't Walter Jones or uh, Jonathan Ogden be the best football player ever? They dominated from day one on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean the only, the argument, not the argument. Yeah, I guess you could call it the argument. The way the argument can be won. And I have no issue with Jerry Rice, even though I don't think he's the greatest player and he's definitely not my favorite wide receiver. Jerry Rice has dominated his position more than anyone has as far as how much records he has. So if you want to make that comparison because you're not comparing... Or you can make that comparison comparing them by their contemporaries, if you will. Yeah. I don't want to hear nothing about the Buffalo Bills defense from now on. I don't give a fuck what nobody just said. What I just said. What <laughs> I ain't even watching this score. I don't want to see shit that I just did. What I just, this nigga did a, a, a slow ass. did a slow ass 360. Balance. No, he, did the, he had a new balance to cut the grass on, spin a Rooney, turn around, and walk past for first down. <laughs> you know, the most horrible thing ever. For the Tremaine Evans facts. They don't want to hit him, yo. You got to hit these dudes, bro. It's 13-10, by the way. Second, third quarter. One minute left. I mean, John, Clyde, Clyde is having the day on him right now. Oh, I ain't talking about Clyde. No, who is up a pack? No, 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 no. No, I'm just looking like he having the day against that defense. It's the yeah. best game of the real. Mm. Oh, man. He's having a whole day. Why they get a water bottle? Is that water bottles? Yeah. Something like that. 
Let me ask this question. Green Bay. Did they show that Tampa was real? Were they fake? Or as just a one-off game? Let me tell you this, man. I think Tom Bowles called the game of the year from a defensive coordinator standpoint. I just, it seemed like everything he called worked. Every stunt, every blitz, every coverage. They got home with four. God damn. Mm. Yeah, but it seemed like everything he called worked, man. And then, not to mention, Aaron Rodgers is still getting blocked. Um, um, still got block blockers that ain't doing a damn thing. So, I mean, what you going to do at this point? I guess nobody else got home with Green Bay. Nobody, but let me tell you, Devin White is legit. And um, who's fifty four name? I forgot his name. Levante David. He legit too. Like they got two legit linebackers, bro. Devin White. Looked like he about 275 pounds, but he moved like he 145 pounds. A dude fast as hell. Yeah. He covers so much ground, and he come down here with bad intentions. And that's what yeah. you want from the linebacker. And he talked trash all game. That's true. Yeah. All game. I don't know. Uh, to ask you a question. I don't know. I think it was. It's a bad game. It's a, it's, it was a great game by Tampa Bay. Great game by Tampa Bay. Green Bay just. They got whooped. They got just destroyed. They all the way around it. <laughs> got whooped. A great, great quarterback. As many say, he got the uh, the greatest thrower of the football, all that nonsense. Even then. If, if the game plan is right, he's going to be on his back. Or he's going to be missing throws left and right. Hmm. Uh, he spotted them 14 points. A pick six and another pick that yeah. was on like the 10-yard line. Oh, that, was yeah. that was basically they, two they pick up, sixes. Yeah, they up 10 and then it was like, you know what? Here we go. You had, a, you had a huge collapse from the whole team. I mean. Uh, yeah, I agree <laughs> But my thing is, offensively, Tampa Bay doesn't do nothing that make me say, oh, man, they're going to kill everybody. No, they don't. They don't do nothing. I think that was just a, a good game. One of those just rare good games where you just don't do anything wrong. Like, they had no penalties, no turnovers, no sacks. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's going to happen ever again this season. That's one team I don't think holding back anything offensively. They ain't holding nothing back. Mm-mm. They just put the same boring game out there. And everybody got Mike Evans and Chris Goblin in their fantasies. They be upset for a nice little bit. And then right now they make all right, cool, we all right. Crazy. But me, I'm happy because I got Ronald Jones. <laughs> that Ronald run. <laughs> mm. I'm like, yes, sir. Ronald Turn Rojo loose. 
25 carries. Let's go. Sure, sure looked like a man among boys yesterday. Yes, he did. That Vaunted Green Bay front seven ain't want no pops yesterday. Mm-mm. Is well, it me? Is he in like 30 pounds? Bruh, he ain't want no pops. I don't know why I thought he was smaller, like coming out of USC. Like he was, like he looked so much bigger now. Yeah, he was definitely a small back out of USC. Yeah, because he, he looked like like for, like Leo, the way he be running that rock. Yeah. He bulked up Leo, a lot. No, he was real small. Like, my questions for him coming out of USC was pass protection because he was so small. Yeah. Lord of mercy. Uh, um, so, I Roland did post his things that gotta be, you know, the Ravens should be. The fact, I ain't gonna do that because. Bro, bro, always putting up good, good content on the site. Um, I got a problem with the gen. Like it is to me the whole. I hate seeing this. I hate the. I hate the fact that the Lakers won a championship. Huh? You ain't the only one. Ah. It's a different reason, Taewon. Oh, right. I hate it because it brought this dumb debate back up. Uh. Like, every time I turn around, I keep saying the same stupid... Are we going to have a debate? We're not going to have that debate. Them numbers are horrible. What? Mike and, Mike and uh, LeBron? Yes. No, 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 no. All right. I hate... I, you know how, I, Somebody posted a picture twice about the whole... Competition and all of that. To me, this mindset was created by participation trophies. When they, gave them kids, when they gave, when they whenever it started in like the mid two thousands, to start giving everybody trophies. That's when this mindset started. Because you praising the man who got there ten times and he won four. Got that though. Da, da, da. See, he had had, and then the, the then the bad thing is the grown folk like us want to turn around and say, "Well, he had to have this guy and this guy and this guy and that guy." Both of y'all idiots are wrong. Like, like you should be upset that LeBron took power into his own hands. As a black man, take the power. He got the power. All right, cool. I'm going to do what I want. You should welcome that. All right. And then on the flip side, it's like, all right, we ain't giving up accolades for participation trophies. It's funny It's funny when everybody laughed at the Coastal putting up the banners for being what? The, the, AFC the, championship <laughs> finalist. <laughs> <laughs> something get like that. What was they running up? Yeah, say AFC Championship finalist or something. Wait, <laughs> I cussed them out. Like even like like we all was upset with uh, Phoenix a couple years back when Devin Booker scored seventy. Seventy in a loss. Right, a loss. Yo, he had seventy. Oh, y'all lost. 
us. <laughs> but see, here's the thing, though. This is when we got to stop being uh, the old niggas telling people to stop playing on our lawn. The NBA logo is rumored to be who? Jerry West, correct? Jerry West was called what? Mr. Clutch. He got one ring and nine losses. That's the guy who won the first NBA Finals MVP in a loss. So we can't say that now, nowadays, we're starting to give away participation trophies. The whole Finals MVP is a participation trophy from, from Rip. He won for nine? He won in nine, yes. Who the hell called him Mr. Clark? <laughs> That's that's his nickname, Mr. Clutch. See, that was the thing. Nobody, nobody ever screamed that you had to be six for six until Mike did it. That's the only thing that people stand by. And the way that Mike did it, everybody had to fold around him, and they had to be expansion trophies. I mean, expansion teams. Lakers wasn't powerhouse no more. Celtics wasn't powerhouse no more. Detroit was a powerhouse no more. They brought they brought in ten different teams into the league at that point. So everybody's roster is getting taken away from for the expansion trophies between eighty eight and ninety six. So all of this stuff had to go right from for I'm not even taking away from how great Mike is, but all of this stuff had to go right when Mike started winning. It just had to. Nike came into power. ESPN came into power. Mike was forced down your throat every single day. Pause. Because of how great he is. He's on Wheaties boxes. I want to be like Mike. I got the Gatorade. I got cartoons with Wayne Gretzky and Bo Jackson. I got Space Jam. Same thing they done with LeBron. Right. Hmm? All that stuff. Yeah, but all, all that, all that off the court stuff sounds good. But at the end of the day, you still got to dominate. Right, and both of them are dominating. <laughs> nah, yeah, I guess it's different. But I, I it's not different. It's weird. Like my it's, thing it's is, we 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 champion six six and zero or six for six. The teams Mike lost to them niggas didn't all win championships. <laughs> so if he wouldn't have got swept by the Celtics, trust me, the Lakers was there to whoop his ass. Like he wouldn't have like been six for six and zero, but because he lost earlier, it gives him a leg up. Winning, beating the Pistons once out of four tries is the same thing as beating the Warriors once out of four tries. It just one did it in the finals, one did it in the Eastern Conference Championship. <laughs> it's the same shit, the same exact thing. They both won twenty five percent of the time, and one of them brought in a mercenary to do it. So that's my thing about yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta go you gotta compare fairly. Both of them played some crap to get there, but to me that's but that's that's okay. Like I'm just gonna keep it a hundred. Like they both played some crap to get there. Like come on, you hit a game winning shot over Craig Elo. Like why why you compare failure? Like why even like when when you're making a case with someone like why you gotta. Bring failure into it because they both failed and they both succeeded very, very well. 
they both life. they both failed and they both succeeded. But, but that's, that's LeBron's failure saying. gets but magnified. Failure in life is gonna happen. Right. Like, but again, Mike's failures gets excused. LeBron's failures get magnified. There's a difference. <laughs> Like, every single time, like, Mike was good enough to drop 55 against New York, who's supposed to be the power team that he couldn't get through or whatever. He was good enough to drop double nickel in the garden. But that season don't count that they lost. They got out-rebounded by Shaq and Penny and Horace Grant because he was just coming back from baseball. No, the nigga just dropped double nickel. We seen it. We celebrated it. Then he lost. So... Would y'all say the analytics of sports hurt sports in a sense? I think analytics hurts all sports. Hmm. I'm going to put it like this. Have y'all seen the movie I, Robot? Yeah. Remember when Will Smith was talking about the girl that died. I think her name was Sarah. I'm going to call her white girl Sarah. And it was like a robot seeing that he had a 25% chance to survive, where the little girl only had a 10% chance. So they saved him. Right? Analytics tells you to save Will Smith. But anybody knows, and y'all are fathers, save the child. <laughs> Everybody knows that. So that's how I feel with analytics. Analytics will tell you to do something, but that's not in the heat of the moment. Like every quarterback isn't the same quarterback. So you can't say that you should do this 75% of the time with a quarterback. They're not the same quarterback. (laughs) I don't think analytics have ruined sports. I think think the lack of expectations – from from players and the uh, the lack of expectation from players by fans and the acceptance of failure by fans ruins sports. I think analytics kills teams for who have nothing to play for. They end up always overdoing things, over overthinking things. Sometimes you just gotta know when to take the points. Mm-hmm. And always go for fourth uh, to try to get. Sometimes it just ain't gonna happen. Sometimes you just need to have a better game plan going into. Sundays or whenever, whoever you play in the sports. Right. Analytics caused the Eagles to win Sunday. <laughs> they went for two the first time they scored, didn't get it. That made them have to go for two the second time, and they didn't get it. Well, they could have been just kicking a, um, a field goal to tie it up. I re- the reason I bring it up is I think about um, the NBA and how because of one team, now 
now, uh, well, I, because of Golden State and what they did years ago, now it's a bad shot if you take a mid-range jumper. Because mm-hmm. analytically, you should either take a step back and shoot for the extra point or go all the way to the rim and get a layup where you could possibly get fouled. That's a high percentage. But. Yeah, well, analytically, it's a high, it's a higher percentage. You get more points at the three point line, and it's the 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 most guaranteed shot in basketball is a layup. So it's it's the rim, the three point line, and the, the corner three. Those like the best shots. Mm-hmm. But the reason I say is that's dumb, and it hurts it hurts basketball because in the eighties. There was teams. There was teams that ain't win at all. Dallas, Denver, was scoring like a Golden State. They were scoring 115 points and playing to get the best shot. If it's a, whatever it is, if it's the best shot, you take the best shot. Like you got Mike averaged 36 one year, and he wasn't really shooting threes. And even since then, it only took James Harden. James Harden was the only one that averaged more than Mike. And he take way more threes, and it was only two points more. How does that – you see what I'm saying? And it literally it just don't make sense. It's, yeah. It makes the game – it waters it down. Yeah, I mean, I don't agree with analytics, but again, you got to – it goes back to what I just said. Not every team has Steph and Clay. And they damn sure don't have Steph playing the run. I can't think of any team that right. has Steph playing the run. Right. <laughs> and, then, and teams try to use their philosophy and, like, you don't got that personnel. Like, right. And, and we've seen it. <laughs> we've seen it years ago how the whole, like, like we allow, I can say us, we meaning the five of us, the four of us here, but the world, of, like, allow TV to make us believe Melo couldn't play in the NBA no more because he wouldn't shoot threes. Like, it's not a great shot. Like, you you try to turn a man who's a bona fide scorer into a three-point shooter. But that's the thing with, with, that's the thing that was great about Melo, and it probably is still great about Melo. Guys that's smaller than him, back to the basket. You ain't stopping him. Guys that's bigger than him, face up. You're not stopping him. Like, that was the thing about Melo when Melo was a bucket. (laughs) Right, but what you're saying is just basketball. <laughs> Even then, if you look at Portland, they still want to shoot a lot of threes. Like, okay. that still don't, it still don't make sense. It's like, it, it don't make sense. Hmm. And it's like, and you look at, if you look at the, the kids now in, in the high school levels and AAU, just look at the workouts. Look at the workouts they're doing with the ball handling and shooting. Everything is behind the line. Or working on ways of bringing a new Euro step in. Like, if you constantly practice those two things, what you don't practice is going to get lost. All right. So it's like, why not work on, like, I don't know. What we see on TV influences, influences the mind of the youth. So if you're constantly seeing jacking up deep threes or in football, you keep seeing... 
all these vertical routes, all these passes, all these passes, not enough run game, it's going to influence the mind. Let me ask you this in basketball. You watch college basketball during the year, correct? Yeah. Is that how college basketball is? Is it transitioning to just threes and layups as well? Not necessarily because college basketball, it's a lot more set plays. It's still a lot of motion offenses getting layups and you got mid-range, still got post. Okay. Um, it's certain teams like Kentucky. John Calipari know his personnel. He know his goal is to get his guys to come in in one year and go to the league. Right. Or two years and go to the league. So he's going to play the game the way the league plays the game. He's going to have them on the schedule the way the league runs. Mm-hmm. And that's how they play. Okay. That's why That's why it's no coincidence some of the best guys in the league right now are Kentucky Wildcats. Because they, they've been trained in that way. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Because I remember Duke always kept the shooter. But it ain't like it was a shooter that's going to shoot 10, 15 times a game. No matter what, Duke always had a white boy shooter, whether it was Hurley, whether it was... Yeah. <laughs> like, whoever. They just had a white boy shooter in the corner. From Hurley all the way down to Grayson Allen. Like... Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of felt like he started it, but it wasn't a 10... 10 a game. What, 10 threes? Yeah. Well, you know, JJ, that's the only one I could think of. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I could think of. Uh, Tay Wong, I need you to start some mess, yo. <laughs> What's that? I need you to start some mess. We gotta put you in the ring or something, man. <laughs> Well, what ha- what happened now? So I'm trying to think of you know your idea that you came up with. The devil's advocate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that name. Though. Actually, you know what? Actually, let's work on that. I I bought the bot. I got I got a I got a bot. I can't pick Philly no more, so Giants. After that show on yesterday, you gotta pick Philly. I can't pick them no more. I'm gonna go with Al. I'm gonna go Giants. <laughs> they got Deshaun. I think Alshon might come back too. 
But Ertz is out and Sanders is out. So you get to lose to. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm still going to pick Philly. Detroit at Atlanta. Shit, both of them got a tendency to lose the leagues. I'm going to go Lions. I'm going to go fall for them. I'm going to go Atlanta. I'm going to go Atlanta. I read an article earlier today about how Raheem Morris has made the Atlanta Falcons very uncomfortable during the week, and they are taking it out on their opponents on Sunday. I'm going Raheem Morris in Atlanta. One time for the Black Colts. I'm going with Atlanta as well. And to add to that, Julio Jones looked healthy. Good <laughs> trade him. Two <laughs> down to the <laughs> Shit. <laughs> They ain't gonna do that. I, I pray they do though. All right, um, Cleveland at Cincinnati again. That's quick. Yeah, it was a quick mm-hmm. turnaround, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Cleveland. Gonna, Cleveland get healthy. Should get right game. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Cincinnati. Damn. A lot of pressure, y'all asking why? Hmm. You think it's possible Cincinnati a trade within the division? No. <laughs> I mean, uh, Cleveland? Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland. No. No. They defensive. Who, did, who, they try, who are you trying to get? Come on, now. Becky? I might not like him, but I take OJB in a heartbeat. What are you going to do on that team? I take Odell in a heartbeat. Ain't hey, no yachts in the heartbeat. It's quite, ain't no yachts, but it's some thoughts. It's some thoughts. Somebody shit on him in there. Right. Oh, man. All right. Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Somebody's old got to go. Allegedly. I'm going to go Pittsburgh. I got to cross my eyes, man. I still don't think Pittsburgh can stop the run. And especially with Devin Bush out. Tennessee. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to go Tennessee. I'm changing it that quick. I like Tennessee as well. I got, uh, I'm like, I like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Car- Carolina at New Orleans. Mm. Uh, I want to say Carolina so bad, bro. You want to say Carolina? I'm a bad. Who bad? Michael Thomas should be back, so I'm going with New Orleans. Uh, yeah, he's fighting teammates, so he's hopefully he's back. I'm going to New Orleans. New Orleans as well. I skipped that one. My bad. Um, Dallas at the football team. Dallas. Dallas. Okay, what happened tonight? Dallas. Dallas. Dallas going to win tonight. What's he talking about? They gonna pull on the I, show tonight. I hope so. I got um, I got Andy Dalton on my fantasy. I hope they do put on the show. Damn, my bad. Right Who you get rid of Andy Dalton? Oh, I cut Matt Ryan. Of course, he go off this week. Ain't that <laughs> <laughs> the fantasy icon, John? You hear him? Exactly. Oh, John! I know you. I know John ain't over there talking. Boy, he <laughs> talking about what? Your whole team on IR. And they coming back slowly but slowly. All I got 
get in the playoffs and I'm gonna have a healthy team that's gonna be nasty as a motherfucker. <laughs> Good luck. All right, Green Bay and Houston. Green Bay about to put Southmore Houston by like 20 points. Green Bay. You said Houston by 20? No, I said Green Bay by 20. Oh. I like, I like Houston. I like Houston this week. I think I think that there's something about them losing on the road too with Green Bay. Seattle at Arizona. Seattle. Seattle. Seattle in a big way. Seattle, yeah. Kansas City at Denver. My bad. I apologize for asking that question. All right. Big New England. Take some more. All right. San Fran at New England. San Fran. San Fran. San Fran got healthy, man. Uh, I'm going to New England. I, I don't believe it. I ain't falling for it. New England wins. I ain't falling for that. No sense. Jacksonville at the Chargers. Chargers. Jacksonville. Chargers. They're going to shoot me and shoot ass if you keep trying to win games. <laughs> well, that should be fun to watch. Uh, Sunday Night Football. Tampa Bay at uh, Vegas. Yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. Vegas. I like Vegas. Tampa Bay. Damn. All right, then Monday Night Football. Chicago at the Rams. Rams. Rams get back, man. Yo, I have no idea how they're 5-1. Chicago? Yeah. You had a couple games where they they was losing and teams let them come back and win. The defense, bro. That defense was dominant yesterday. Nick Foles leads the team in passing yards. They're not turning the ball over. They beat the Lions. They beat the Giants. They beat the Falcons. Lost to the Colts. Beat the Bucks. And they beat the Panthers. All right, so it's not really a lot of... Damn, are we the fucking Bears? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. Up next, we got the Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings, Packers. So. All right, so it's still come back down to reality for them soon. Next five games is serious. Well, are anybody picking the Rams? Yeah. No, I picked the Bears. You said Rams versus Bears, right? Yeah. Yeah, pick the Bears. I have no idea how they're supposed to win this, but they, somehow they keep doing it. Alright. Cool. Alright, fellas. I see y'all later on this week. We watch some, some film. Uh just let me know. Break I'll be down. here. Yes, sir. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, at the sideline talk. I'll take us out. Be blessed, be productive, be more. We love you. We out. It's not too late to make someone's holiday season a special one. Start now as an Amazon delivery station warehouse associate to earn some extra money for the holidays. You'd help bring joy to thousands near you by preparing packages and loading them up for their final delivery. With night and early morning shifts available through the new year, you'd also have the flexibility to spend time with your loved ones. To start as a delivery station associate, go to amazon.com slash holiday work. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer.